Welcome to Things We Thought We Knew. This is episode eight. I'm Clade and I'm here with Sim. Is that Hi. Right? And we are just fresh off an argument before this podcast went to record. So we are a little <laughs> bit, you know, it's a precarious situation right now. We're not seeing eye to eye. Um, I hope everyone's having a great week, actually. It's been quite tough. You know, mm. the weather's starting to get cold. Right. It's starting to get darker. We've lost so much light over the past few weeks. And we just want to bring a bit of life to this podcast. Um, the episode today is about influencer marketing and the power of perceived influence. I've been looking forward to this one for a while. And we just had an argument about influencers in the industry. So we're going to try and talk about that towards the end of the podcast. But for right now, we're going to keep a level head. Right. That's correct, isn't mm-hmm. it? Right. See, you see me? <laughs> so the basis for this argument is um, that the dominance of digital media has given rise to superstars online. And, and those superstars are basically able to command money in exchange for promoting products for brands. That's pretty much what they've leveraged their following for. I don't see many people who are leveraging their following for good in terms of like discussing illnesses or stuff like that. Everything has a point at the end of the day. And I think if you can make money off your platform, you might as well kind of thing because brands are throwing the money around um there are two types of influencers at the moment there's two types of influence at the moment so basically influence uh, marketing went clear in about 2015 when all the ma- ma- magazines and trade press was all talking about like yes you should be able to hire brands are paying this person and that person to talk about this product and you know booty is everywhere fit tea is everywhere you know you can make a lot of money you can just ch- pay someone two grand and they'll drink this tea for you or whatever and brands start using it you know the FTC the Federal Trade Commission in the United King in the United States and the Advertising Standards Agency in the UK started talking more about like you need to disclose what is an advert that's always been the case you know Mm -hmm. in olden times you could get an ad into an editorial magazine by gifting a celebrity something they would wear it maybe on the red carpet as show they might mention it you know joan rivers was the one that started asking what are you wearing on the red carpet and that would then end up in a magazine via this person wore that to the grammys and this person wore that to Cannes, and this person wore that to the oscars that was how you bought something it was basically a mass advert and that person that's usually wearing a big brand you know, be it L'Oreal, be it even a fashion brand, that person is probably an ambassador. So they're always going to wear that same brand on the on the red carpet. So you, you do know it's an advert. Right. Now influence is basically those who influence culturally. So you move this, you move the the needle anyway. You know, you were one of the first people on Hypebeast or you started High Celebrity. You move the culture. People will listen to your voice because they know that you're really about this life. And you do so because you are genuinely cool and it comes organically to you. Or you're a person who has a following and it's grown because, I don't know, you were posting pictures of yourself scantily clad or pictures of your hair or I don't know what people posted in the beginning to get those followers. And now you can monetize that. That's what brands are going for. The area that is mostly a good hot target for influencer marketing is youth culture. Right. Because it's... An influential person being seen wearing a product can change how people view that product and can even shape the minds of the younger consumer to want to like that product. And so therefore brands are willing to spend hundreds of thousands of pounds to reach those younger audiences because the customer lifetime value will grow the younger you can capture that audience. So this begs the question that we're asking, is influencer marketing fraudulent? I don't know why I said it like that. Or is it really the future? Well, I definitely think it's for Gazy as in fraudulent, um, and I've done a little bit of research on youth culture as well. So normally I'm quite dismissive of youth culture and the impacts it has, not youth as a 
movement but in terms of in target targeting them for like you know hype beasts and da 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 but i've realized there's no bad thing against hype beasts we used to love hype yeah no we still love hype beasts because we've grown with it there's people who are my age who are been into that sort of graphic tees illustrated tees um clothing um the big big sports brands for years and that will never change we still love those brands and we have a a, a, a relationship with them but what i've realized is that for some reason people felt like the kids aren't smarter than they are i think the cards kids are really smart as much as they're super engaged with digital and stuff yeah i not think very loyal. they're very i think they have their their, their head they on the you know and um i think that they realize if you look at what brands kids are actually buying into there is some thought into it they're not just buying into the brands that are heavily targeted by influencers or whatever they have their mind of their own mm-hmm. like they're in actually a lot of them are into historical brands like you know like bape and um, fila and fila mm-hmm. and they they they, they and like even like the 110s nike culture mm-hmm. where now we have air max ones and stuff like that you know they read into things and vans like these are but that's of... how we were as a youth yeah, yeah i may not have been born yeah. i may not have been able to remember when biggie died yeah. but i know every lyric to every song yeah because i did the research and that was without the internet right so i think that even though it looks as though the youth are not researching what they want i think it's they really put a lot of effort and knowledge they want to know what mm-hmm. they're talking about mm-hmm. they want to be seen to know what they like yeah and i think sometimes maybe brands are forgetting that and they're just going with any old influencer and they're seen on yeah. this guy that guy and this guy and it, for them it's just vanity metrics they right. just rather get the likes than not yeah. and yeah if it works out it if works like, out if, if not if, if not likes make them feel good that's great but um and in reality when it comes to actual purchases like tell their parents mom dad i want to get or my older brother i want to get this I don't see and I see a trend of kids actually buying into brands that have some kind of longevity and it's not focused on um short term short term gains or which influence cuz half of these influencers keep it a buck these half, half of these influencers can't dress so okay. just keep it real so I, I, I don't think any kids are looking up to them like wow I want to like dress like you I think sometimes what happens is there's peaks and troughs of pop culture where the influences are also in line with the trends mm-hmm. and that it appears that the influences are what are bringing the results but in reality i think it's a case that kids have their mind of their own they like what they like you know um not everything from the old days are they mm-hmm. into they're into they do like tracksuits they do like nike air maxes they do like 110s you know they pick and choose what they like they don't like you know they're not as big on jordans as we were you know i don't know they, i think i think that's changing as well though you know no they, they there's a particular type of jordan they like they like the jordan 11s mm-hmm. a lot i've seen them wear like tracksuits and jordan 11s and jordan 7s i think mm-hmm. like the olympic ones but they're not into like the the breads the jordan mm-hmm. 4s the jordan ones as much as our generation was yeah so i think they have a mind of their own they pick and choose what they like and um i think Let's give a simple example. My boy Romeo Beckham, I'm a big Beckham family person. Yeah. Romeo's swagging, you know, and yeah, he's but... not buying into any of the brands that the influencers are pushing. Yeah, that's because he wants to position himself as an influencer. You know, he's got a big following as well and brands want to work with him. At this point, you ha- how do you differentiate from someone who is the child of David Beckham and is an influencer? 
or a consumer. You're an influencer and a consumer at the same time. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. If you're a Beckham, you have to have swag. And to, yeah, and to, there's a lot of all, people out there who are the child of X and Y who don't have swag. Exactly. But, but we're talking about the people who do who and do. who can push the culture. Exactly. And I think if kids are influenced by Romeo or Brooklyn, then that's good because they seem to understand urban culture a lot more than some people who claim to be influencers I don't from know. our I culture. think there's a lot of poses out there, but that's another topic for another day. Right. I think what we're talking about now is it is a common practice for brands to send Mm-hmm. all their stuff and right. people don't even hide that anymore you know mm-hmm. you'll be in snapchat and be like thank you company x for sending me this shoe that i'm gonna wear in yeah, three weeks for that instagram post they're it's all nice copying the kim kardashian model yeah it's yeah. and kim kardashian really at the end of the day you can say what you want but she does she it really well actually pioneered this wave yeah. i don't care yeah she pioneered it yeah okay she she just tweets about something and it will sell out yeah. like she pioneered it kate middleton pioneered the press version of that so editorial press can't act like it's any better than the <laughs> brands or instagram because editorial press likes to differentiate himself from you know all these influencers who have no morals mm-hmm. and who are just buying and, and wearing anything mm-hmm. at the end of the day editors were doing the same thing they were getting the clothes for free they were in it at fashion week getting photographed in it mm-hmm. and writing into their magazines so you know it's where's where does the line get drawn mm-hmm. i think the problem right now is that there's a f- the formula that links the complexity of social media influence mm-hmm. to sales mm-hmm. does not exist right either the brands who are telling you about the impact or the first of all the charlatans in the industry who are selling you the service of influencer marketing because there's even influencer agencies out right. there. Yeah. Those charlatans or those agencies, I don't mm-hmm. know whichever one you want to go for on whichever Either. way you woke up on Either. the day. Yeah. Okay. Those people are asserting an impact on influ- of influencers on sales but the impact that they're selling is actually anecdotal mm-hmm. and it's really tightly guarded and it shows us little more that the cons- it doesn't show us that the consumer actually bought the endorsed product. It just shows that the consumer engaged with mm-hmm. the endorsed product. Mm-hmm. So, it can, so 2 million people like this post. Mm-hmm. That doesn't equate to 2 million in sales. It just equates to 2 million social media activities, wherever it be engagement, likes, views or whatever. It doesn't seem to worry marketers at the moment. As a marketer, I am dumbfounded as to how so many people are just blindly following the wave. But you'd be surprised how many people blindly followed the wave before. Dot-com crisis... All of banking crisis. Banking I was, crisis. When you, when it you seems said, like when herds you, when you of said people that, move towards bad ideas yeah. anyway. When you said that, I literally thought about the banking crisis. Yeah. And I was thinking, just because everyone's doing something doesn't and they're getting, they're getting um, commissions on it, does it mean that it's actually exactly. the right thing to do? And so it worries right. me at times that everyone seems to be okay mm-hmm. with paying for reach and mm-hmm. not necessarily influence. Because we're talking about the power of perceived influence. Mm-hmm. Influence really right now is about reach. Mm-hmm. You know, micro-influencers for me are more likely to actually be able to engage their community, to influence them and to connect with them because mm. they enjoy doing so and they spend time doing it anyway. Right. So if you spend time doing it anyway, collaboration makes sense for you because you put in the work. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are just like, yeah, I'll sell that. I'll go on Love Island. I'll go on this reality TV show. I'll come out. I'll start selling literally anything on my platform because I've got 2 million followers from going on TV. Mm, you see, this is where, this where, is, this is where I'm on. a little bit biased because like, no, you I'm a little bit more... Um, accepting of like TV influencers no, than I am to content creators. It's still, it's still, they're still a content creator for me has put in the work, but is they all look the same. First of all, mm-hmm. content creators right now, everyone looks the same. I could start becoming a content creator tomorrow. I just take get a photographer who takes nice pictures in very 
um, appealing light. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I walk on a street towards nowhere because mm-hmm. the path I'm going to leads nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I sit on a step mm-hmm. with a nice bag, mm-hmm. all from fashion.com brand, mm-hmm. never from an actual nice brand that anyone wants to invest in. Mm-hmm. It's all fast fashion because it's always changing. So you can't really be seen in expensive clothes because you're going to have to keep renewing that. Right. So I can become a content creator. I do the same content. I just put my champagne glass above on a rooftop. I go on holiday. I take a nice picture by the pool. I do the, everyone has the same content at, the, at this moment in time. Mm-hmm. What we're saying is that people want to reach that level of content influencer though, content creator or influencer. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, once you go on TV, you come out, you're content creator. Right. Yeah. You went on TV though, so you could get to that point. So don't think that the TV influencer is any different from the content creator yes. because the TV influencer mm-hmm. wanted the shortcut way. But the I reason think, that the TV yeah. influencer mm-hmm. went mm-hmm. on a reality TV show for no money mm-hmm. was because they were going to get to gain two, two million followers whilst in the house. However, the criteria to be a TV influencer is a hell of a lot higher. It's not. Yeah, but they have to be swagging though. All, no, they don't. Yes, they, they don't. Do. They just got to say a few funny things on TV. No, they got to be good no. looking and they've got to no, be dressed well. No, that's what I'm well. saying. So good, good looking is one thing. Dressing well is a different whole nother beast. Mm, yeah, you but... mean to tell me that these content creators who are actual style, who know about some type of style, are bet- are worse than TV influencers? To me. To me. A, a person who went in on cooking only weighs Essex, mm-hmm. yeah, or, mm-hmm. t- or X on the beach, mm-hmm. or couples retreat or whatever they're called, yeah? yeah. Love Island. That Love person Island. dresses better than... An actual style creator who's been out here doing the work. A lot That's of, a lie. A lot of the wedding, a lot of the wed, a lot Those of people the, are um, even more scrupulous because they went in there with a gain. Okay. Yeah. At the end of the day, you've got to be quite smart to be a TV influencer anyway yeah. because you do need to make that coin exactly. after because you didn't make money. Yeah. But the way that you're willing to sell yourself so quickly just mm-hmm. so you can do sell this tea, sell this coffee, sell that, sell this is, is quite... There are no standards at the moment and I think the industry will get regulated. The, the, the problem with content creators that I have is they never seem. I never seem to see them passionate about a brand, um, and I can't speak for that's female what... content creators because that's not my lane. I can only speak about male content creators, right? Because I'm a man, right? That's what I'm saying. No amount uh, of celebrity or influence is going to make you like something because it seems that the loyalty that the person who's trying to sell it to you has <laughs> isn't even matching yours. No, they don't have no loyalty. Whatever Instagram post they're on about now mm-hmm. is not. It, does, it doesn't have anything a to guy do with can, last week. Yeah, exactly. A, a guy can tell if you really like your jeans. A guy can tell. A guy can tell if you really like your trainers or you really like your jacket. And that's something that these content creators or whatever you want to call them influencers don't realize. Just but because you, know, you take a pic, it's, it's it's actually counterintuitive for a guy to take a selfie of himself wearing clothes or to stand in there, photograph or take a picture of him. That's not a natural thing for a guy to do. Well, it is now. It is now because there's a one goal, which is financial gain. But if you're thinking about swag and, you know, and being cool and stuff like that, that is uncool. That's, the, that's why that's Virgil the never takes pictures of himself. Exactly. He's just swagging. If you catch really, him, you catch him. But that's, what, that's where we're conflating yeah. the two. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, I said that there's two types of influence. Right. There's a person who moves the culture, mm-hmm. like Virgil. Yeah moves the culture yeah. don't even you know I will probably write a think piece about this one day or put it in the advertising yeah, in the, journal yeah. at this point yeah he moves the culture mm-hmm. what he does people want to do mm-hmm. okay and by no means calling Virgil an influence I'm just no but in terms a, of in, yeah. in, 
in, influencer is such a complicated mm-hmm. term that mm-hmm. is often misused mm-hmm. and misrepresented. Mm-hmm. Many people are influencers at this moment, but it's depending on what you're influencing. Are you actually influencing people to buy? Mm-hmm. Are you influencing people to do better? Are you influencing people to work hard? There's influencers in every area. You know, Marie Forleo, Fole- mm-hmm. she's an influencer and getting you to do the best you can do. She has her online MBA you know, yeah. activity and she gets you to feel motivated about working hard on your business, blah, blah, blah. Right. Tony Robbins, same. He wants you to get up in the morning and do. That's an influencer of motivation, of self-help. Mm-hmm. You could be an influencer in meditation mm-hmm. or whatever it is you want to do. You could be an influencer in culture and make people want to create more art and blah, blah, blah. Nowadays, though, there's a bracket of people who are content creators who are basically doing content to sell a product. Right. Okay, that's what we spoke about last week in terms of you do all of this just to get a brand partnership at the end. The problem is that there's a big difference, and I think this stands with the brands. Mm-hmm. You can hate the influencers all you want, but I I can see it from their point of view as well because money talks. You know, you can't expect a social media influencer to breed any sense of brand loyalty mm-hmm. themselves mm-hmm. when online audiences demonstrate that they don't have they don't have any loyalty themselves. They have blatant disregard. Okay, you know, so A can say I never wear Adidas. Mm-hmm. Adidas come with a deal; they'll wear it. So I have a question, right? So the brand marketers should think better about what they're positioning yeah, yeah, their product yeah. with. So a, a lot of times they're not doing that. So I have a question, right? I don't work in marketing. Whose job is it to decide which influencer you, right now, has the shared values of the brand? Okay, right now there's a team of people. If you're working on a big company, yeah. you are lucky working in a big company, you're lucky enough to have an influencer marketing team. Mm-hmm. It might be the marketing executive who mm-hmm. has to actually make those decisions, but mm-hmm. generally it will be an influencer marketing. Mm-hmm. You are seen in the gap between PR and marketing, which is what many marketers are conflating. Mm-hmm. Right now, a lot of marketers, I don't even know if they even study marketing. Just, you know, People think it's just easily done, but whatever. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. Because of social media and the internet and mm-hmm. the fact that people can gain all of these followers, mm-hmm. it seems that people think that that's what marketing is, mm-hmm. gaining followers, but it's, it's, sure. it's not. So yeah. that's where the first situation Where's the ad- ads? Where's no the campaigns? Where's no the... big brand wants mm-hmm. to be seen as having less followers. You know, basically, fashion brands came onto Instagram quite late when they realised that fashion bloggers were getting more Instagram followers than them. Right. They had to come and start doing strategy. Mm-hmm. And basically, they went to those people who had gained a lot of followers online mm-hmm. because they knew that they knew how to grow an audience. Mm-hmm. So what happens is a lot of marketers, they conflate tactics with strategy. Right. Okay, you think, okay, do this, post that, boom, boom, boom. And it's sort of like there's an S-curve, not even an S-curve, it's just a line graph that's Mm -hmm. ascending Mm -hmm. and everyone wants to just gain more followers. Mm -hmm. Forget about brand authenticity. Mm -hmm. Forget about brand differentiation. Differentiation, what's that word? Right now, people think that being seen Mm -hmm. is the same as being seen as different. Right. They don't mind being seen on blogger Y, influencer X, so-and-so Z, you know, they literally just want to be seen. If their brand all of a sudden gains 2,000 more likes or 2,000 more followers, that's a win. They're like a reality show, yeah. That's a win. Yeah. How can 2,000 more followers from X and Y posting on you about your brand mm-hmm. be a win? That's not a win. On what planet? It's not a long-term game, but people are thinking more short-term. Mm-hmm. Okay? So what happens is you need to satiate that need for short-term success. Right. What do you do? You go and get more influencers. Mm-hmm. First, you start with the big ones. The big ones get collaborations with L'Oreal. They get collaborations with this big brand. You know, L'Oreal is known for taking a brand, Mm -hmm. nurturing it and growing it. They've done it with Urban Decay. They've done it with NYX. Mm -hmm. You know, they they know how to start something and really gain it. And they still manage to keep that appearance of it being a small beauty brand. Mm -hmm. But it's got the L'Oreal backing. Mm -hmm. And they know which influencers to target that will talk directly to that product. It's a team's job to know to sit through and read your content and know what it is Mm -hmm. nowadays prs want to have that control 
And so PR and marketing has converged in one where you just basically give them the picture, mm -hmm. you tell them to post it, what time, which angle, what caption, and all the person has to do is get the content, copy-paste the, the caption, put it up. That's Lazy. what it is right now. Lazy. And it's not necessarily I... I want to hate on the influencer, but really I can't because if I have 10,000 followers and someone's willing to pay me, why shouldn't I come forward and work with brands? I have the platform. You want access to my Because there's no way to live. It's no way to live, but right now that's happening. So, you know, in the industry, we're asking ourselves, is it fraudulent? I think yes, because half of these people who have more than 10 million followers, a bunch of them are bots. Mm -hmm. A bunch of the interaction on social media is bots. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're all fraudulent. Mm -hmm. Instagram has been trying to work on reducing the amount of fraud going on their platform. But really, no one's even talking openly about the numbers. Mm -hmm. And I think, like you said, the youth, mm -hmm. they know when they're being tricked. Why? It's the rise of ad blocking. Oh. People are blocking ads. But I can't watch YouTube videos without <coughs> six, seven ads in the I, middle. I tell you what, though. I love Instagram ads. <laughs> you know why? Do you know why I love Instagram ads? Because I don't know what algorithm they're using based on my followers or what I like, or I don't know what the, the criteria is. But I have downloaded four art apps in the last, well, art-related apps or Bitcoin-related things in the last month and a half. Because every time they put something on my page, I'm like, hmm, that's something I might be interested in. And I give it a trial. And it's like, if whatever they're doing, they should focus on that. Rather than putting like an influencer on my page and saying, we've just got influencer thing and this is what we're doing now. I think Instagram came late to their own party because mm -hmm. they realised that the people who were on their platform and had cultivated that following were mm -hmm. making money off it. So they needed to make money off that. Right. I think they, first of all, need to go back to chronological. Yeah, explain that. What, okay. what exactly this is happening? This algorithm about showing me stuff from three days ago that make no sense. Okay, because there's certain followers, there's certain people that I follow that I haven't seen in a long time. Mm -hmm. And what they're doing is they're using your ability of f missing out on things, your fear to miss out on things mm -hmm. to keep you coming back to the app. So now if I want to see what, I don't know, if I want to see what Rihanna posts, mm -hmm. I have a notification for her. But I've had to take off a bunch of other notifications I've had because every time someone posts, I'll end up with 20 million notifications. Why right. should I always be pinged mm -hmm. to go on Instagram? Instagram something that I do in the morning, in the afternoon. They need to take the live you off. You know, and That's it's what kind they of need like to take off, yeah. stories works because yeah. stories feels more authentic, yeah, less yeah. planned. Mm -hmm. You know, even pictures of you that you take in the day that you call a candid, it's a planned nowadays. Mm -hmm. People have planned their candid. Yeah, like, this have. is how low we're stooping. And yeah. look, I... Like you guys know, I'm not really on Instagram like that anymore mm -hmm. because I just think it's been bastardized. But it's still a good place for creative content to come through. And I still think it's worthy of some of the people that are on there creating that content. Right. Now, whether or not brands themselves know what the hell they're doing, they that's don't. a whole other situation. Yeah. Yeah. Because people want to complain in the advertising industry. And this is where the problem gets murky. Is it PR? Is it advertising? Is it marketing? It's, a, it's an amalgamation of the three. The transparency in the results mm -hmm. leaves much to be desired. Can I ask a question? In what, what Women Want, the film, right? Mm -hmm. There's a bit where the woman has to come up with a campaign and she has like a narrative. Basically like how, how brand X and brand mm -hmm. Y do their ads. It's always like there's a narrative mm -hmm. and there's a voiceover and there's a theme and then there's a visual, right? Slow motion, whatever, right? Which works really well mm -hmm. engaging with humans, right? What is that? Is that marketing? Is that PR? Is that advertising? That is would be seen as advertising as a part of marketing right so you would be able to have a marketing team mm -hmm. send their agency to go and make an ad mm -hmm. for something that they're doing within a campaign mm -hmm. so 
let's not lie, Facebook and Instagram, there's some of the some of the top creative minds are working over there. Yeah. You your ad has to be good for it to go anywhere on Facebook. Right. Or anywhere on Instagram. On Instagram, yeah. So they still have the same advertising standards as you would have had ten years ago working for, you know, Ray mm-hmm. London or whoever. Mm-hmm. It's just a problem is now, because it's all merging together. Mm-hmm. And it's the PR person who has to reach out to the influencer, mm-hmm. and then it's the advertising team who has to tell them what they want and which part of the campaign they're in. But the influencer is not in the ad, in a proper no, ad. No, no, no. Anyway. The influencer is not in the ad, but they're part of the strategy. Because oh. if we're talking about, say, if we're doing a, a campaign and the campaign is called "Drink Your Way," mm-hmm. for example, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what's this water, Highland Spring. Mm-hmm. Not to me- not to bring out any names, <laughs> but Highland Spring come up with this water and it's called "Drink Your Way." Mm-hmm. And you decide, okay, you can drink your way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can. We're having a new watering fountain in King's Cross Station mm-hmm. made by Highland Spring. And you can bring your own water bottle and fill it up there and pay 50p. Or you can buy our water in the shop, 50p. Or you can, you know, drink your way. That's the thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For you to sell that drink your way mm-hmm. concept mm-hmm. of watering bottles around London, you put, you put it next to a bike stand. That's a very good idea. People who ride bikes will be the influencer that you choose to post about Drink Your Way. The hashtag, Drink Your Way. Mm-hmm. That's, that's part of the campaign, a right. larger campaign. Then you have a TV commercial about Drink Your Way and it will be like, so-and-so was cycling from London to Brighton and on the way, they managed to fill their bottle up with Highland Spray. Drink Your Way. Okay, everyone's like, oh, what's that? Oh, really? Okay, so if I have my own bottle of water and I want to fill it up, I can just fill it up at the Highland Spring. You know, fountain. That's a great idea. Drink Your Way. Then you have your adverts that you put out as Highland Spring on Instagram talking about Drink Your Way. So you have your nice bottle of water, bit of sunshine in the background, you know, everything's wet and moist and looks really, really, you know, succulent. Mm -hmm. That's hashtag Drink Your Way. Mm -hmm. So that's how all of your tactics will come together to do the strategy of selling the original thing. So the influencer is a very, very small part of that because they're However, not... However, influ- yeah. you're buying the reach from the influencer. Oh. If you only have a million followers on your own platform and mm-hmm. you talk to that influencer and they have 70,000 mm-hmm. and 70,000 engaged followers, mm-hmm. 70,000 people who you know would want to benefit from being able to fill up their water bottle at the fountain, mm-hmm. then you speak to that person. It's 7 million over here. Mm-hmm. So you're tripling the views, basically advertising and PR is all about how many eyeballs were on your content. Whether or not it actually led to a sale is a different thing. So why don't they do this, right? Why don't they go and review all the... There's people who love, there's people who are healthy living, um, do four, 10K runs for all That's the charities, et cetera, et cetera, and just find who work at brand X, sports brand. Why don't they pick 10, let's say, The really cl- clever ones yeah. are doing that. And then those are my, they, for quote unquote, they're influencers, but they're not really influencers, but they might have 10,000. But I'm sure that That's the conversion what you call rate... a micro-influencer. Oh. So instead of going for the original influencer was a celebrity, a Hollywood uh-huh. celeb, only the big brands had access to that. Uh-huh. Then the big celebrities became people like Michelle Fan, who had 10 million followers on Instagram or, <laughs> or 9 million subscribers on YouTube. Uh-huh. You could get her to sell your products on YouTube and you know that it's going to get minimum 3 million views. Uh-huh. That's uh-huh. The, At the end of the day, if you want to create visibility for your product it needs to be seen by someone mm-hmm. so you can't blame the brand for wanting to be in front of the eye but then 10 but micro fo- having yeah. ten thousand micro followers means you get access to a more engaged community yeah why because it's really ten thousand people who yeah. are extremely excited in this yeah. product are yeah. able to do that airbnb started off like that they started one person tells another one person who tells the next person you have 100 people mm-hmm. 100 people tell one person 
you know, and it keeps going on and on like that. A lot of brands and a lot of these startups, they don't want to have to put in that type of time. Why? You know, it's not like the old legacy brand where you spent 30, 40 years building a brand. A lot of these marketers now, I don't think they even really know what brand marketing truly is. We, when we were taught marketing in brand marketing, it was really, you need to respect mm-hmm. the legacy of whatever brand it is. Yeah. But if everyone's using the strategy of going online and just gaining as many followers as they want, you don't necessarily need to do that. You'll do the tactics to get to where you want to be. So what's the Someone end game? will tell you, get me 10,000 followers by the end of the year. Yeah. You're not going to have time to start thinking about, let me go here and wine and dine that person. No, here's five grand. Uh-huh. Post this on your page, please. Uh-huh. And make sure that the people have to follow me on this competition in order to get that shoe. Whether or not the person cares about the shoe makes no difference. But then you gain the th- these are on these these are not KPIs that can be done. So it's like what's That's the end where game? The problem is so the it's problem, a, so it's senior management that has. To I make think right now the industry doesn't know where it's looking. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't think that people are truly thinking about long term gain. Mm-hmm. They're thinking more about what can be done for now to gain what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. I think first of all you need to create a good product. No one mm-hmm. cares. No amount of celebrity or no amount of influence is going to make me like that shoe that you're trying to sell or that tea that you're trying to sell. Yeah. No one cares, okay? Mm-hmm. Micro-influencers, like you're saying, like I'm saying, is that they're going to be, be able to better influence the community. There's people that I trust more. Why? Because you feel you, people trust brands. People trust people, not brands. Mm-hmm. You feel that person's not going to lie to you. They've mm-hmm. only got 10, followers. So it's, it's unlikely that they're going to be guessing the thing in it. They're mm-hmm. going to actually be talking on a real level. So mm-hmm. you're going to feel like, okay, I can trust this person. Let me go try that. Mm-hmm. Someone I'll tell you who I actually bought a product and this is a good idea, a good strategy. Shayla only ever, makeup Shayla only ever used this one colossal mascara from Maybelline. Mm-hmm. Now, whether or not she was only using it for the collab it remains to be seen. And that's where the problem lies in terms of advertising standards because you don't know if the person's already been paid to talk about it only or if they actually genuinely liked it. But mm-hmm. that's neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. I was in New York and I saw her always Snapchat and yeah, I only use this mascara, I only use this mascara. And her lashes actually were getting big mm-hmm. without without um, fake, fake lashes. So I was like, I'm going to get it because my lashes are so small and I want to have bigger lashes and I like it. So I went and bought it. I enjoyed the product. Not going to lie to you, the product was good. It became my favourite mascara. She ended up then getting a collaboration to put out a line with Maybelline. So it was a mascara that was limited edition. It was an eyeshadow palette that was limited edition. And you think, okay, did that come from her mentioning Maybelline and gaining the phone? Because Maybelline could have said, look, this is a new product. And she's been talking about it consistently for three weeks. And the spikes have sailed. Um, the, the sales have spiked. spiked yeah. You know, people who we wouldn't thought wouldn't have thought to walk into Dwayne Reed that week to buy the product, I bought the product. So, you know, her actually putting it up and saying that this is the only mascara she trusts has helped the sales grow. And so we're going to give her a collaboration. That's where influencer marketing truly works. Now, whether or not you can actually equate A to B. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Yeah. You know, that yeah. you're getting the same content across so many different channels of the same stuff. It's basically becoming influence. It's basically becoming advertising. So effectively... It's not going to last. So, what's going to come after influencer marketing? I, I hope. I Once hope everyone's they, died out, I hope they start targeting people. Because I tell you what does work, right? In terms of influencers, I've got three people that can tell me anything and at you're, this you're point, really... and I will believe them. Brendan Fallis can tell me anything. That's Hannah really? Brothman. He can tell me anything. Do you know why? Because his story is based on buying mid price point and the struggle. So if he says these jeans are cool, I know for one, it's either great quality mm-hmm. and expensive, but great quality, or it's a mid-price bone brand that he thinks is in-between scenario, right? Because he's not overly 
like he's not like a showy man he's just like mm-hmm. wants something that's functional and practical but still looks fly um don c can sell me yeah he can sell me anything, anything because don c is the flyest in the crew he's the most laid back family man whatever but when it comes to getting fresh don c is the guy you know, all the others are great. Virgil is a creative mind. Um, Kanye is amazing. But when it comes to actually looking fresh consistently, Don sees the guy, mm-hmm. you know, and his wife is amazing. She will check him at the door and be like, bro, what are you wearing? Mm-hmm. You know, whatever, you know. So in terms of color contrasting and the Beckhams, these are probably the three people that could sell me stuff and, and I, I'd be excited. Of course, there's a few underground people yeah. that are not celebrities that can do the That's same, true. but we can't mention those. I think... That's where that's that market and that's the target that brands want to have access to. Mm. Brands genuinely want to go back to a place in the beginning of the internet and the beginning of the rise of social influencers and mm. YouTubers and bloggers and blah blah blah. You know, people felt left out of the industries that they were looking up to, and so they created a, an area for themselves to do it. And mm. that was the point. I think brands want to reach those people who are looking for honest reviews and takes on products and tastes and cultural codes that you would genuinely believe. That's the reason you looked to an influencer online. Mm-hmm. That's the reason you cared about Doncy because you thought, you know what, he doesn't really talk about anything that he doesn't like. He looks like he really is about that life, you know, and that's why you look to bloggers. So when you have a platform and when you see that people have 10,000 followers or 100,000 or however much, you might be able to pay them less, but it depends on how the person feels. If the person feels so strongly like you do about Doncy, that's a good fit because you know he can actually try that product if he likes it, he would mention it. If he doesn't, he won't. If he likes it, he'll mention it. And you, as an avid believer in Doncy, would then go out and at least test the product. Mm-hmm. That's gotten you from awareness to decision to action pretty quickly. Quickly, yeah. yeah. And that's what they want to fast forward. And I think youth culture is the reason. Youth culture is the place where people are focusing on now because youth culture is where they see the longest customer lifetime value. Mm-hmm. I think it's still in the oldies because... The oldies, you might look down on them. Yeah, for real. You might look down on people that are 50 and over. But 50 and over, the internet started with them and they were the ones that pioneered. You might think, oh, I have an iPhone and I'm so smart. But these people had to start with broadband. They had Mm -hmm. to get telephone. You know, Mm -hmm. all of these um, mobile phones, everything. They were really there. They were the ones that actually invested in buying those products for it to even have popped off. Mm -hmm. So I think that the 50 plus market is still a market that you can influence well. Mm -hmm. No one's really looking there because mm-hmm. no one really thinks it's worthy of mm-hmm. putting the coins in but if we're just doing if we're just seems we're throwing around money anyway mm-hmm. we might as well throw it somewhere that it's going to stick that makes I think, sense yeah. right yeah. i think that's yeah. that's part of the, the situation so how can we get in con- what i would like to know is influencers are over there we we're talking about um on our last episode we we're talking about um clicks and stuff it feels like influencers are in this bubble where they're mm-hmm. influencers and they're not speaking to buyers stylists even the marketing the executives, do they even say hi to the marketing executives they when just they go to the launch? They collaborate directly with the PR. The PR is yeah. responsible for making sure that people, there are bums in the seats, mm-hmm. there are people at the event, mm-hmm. and that's it. And whether or not you are on the cusp of culture, you're on the on the line, or you know you're, you have the needle to what's going on, it makes no difference as long as they reach their quota. But the, P, the PR has a house that he's pay, they're paying for in Hackney, yeah, but P, so the they PR don't have that invested gonna, interest. He, yeah. The PR is going to keep the numbers to themselves, the true numbers of what happened to themselves and they're just going to mention the impressions mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the likes mm-hmm. or the views mm-hmm. that's it as long as you can say that it was viewed this many times that's it no so, one's creating anything different everyone's just going right can you just post that right 
Make sure it gets 3,000 likes. That's it. So how cool would it be if influencers started engaging with their audiences I or think the cl- with other people who are in the industry and getting some feedback on what they could do better to sort of align themselves with brands that have similar shared values? I think if you are an influencer who's clever, you're speaking to the ones who came before you. Mm-hmm. You're speaking to ones of a bigger platform and mm-hmm. you're asking them how you can do something different. I think a lot of what happens in the influence community, content creator, blogger, YouTuber, beauty, whatever, is a lot of them exist in extremely saturated areas. Mm-hmm. Beauty, fashion, makeup, mm-hmm. whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. That's, you know, it's either a niche that's highly competitive, like skateboarding, mm-hmm. or it's highly saturated. Everyone wants a beauty blogger at this mm-hmm. point, right? Mm-hmm. So you end up not really thinking about what to do the best or what to do next. Mm-hmm. You think about how to just keep that momentum going. Because what happens is you, you do it for the love of it. You start doing it for the love and then you gain followers. People resonate with you. People want to interact with you. And then all of a sudden you're doing it for the money mm-hmm. and you're doing it to maintain. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you people don't necessarily have time. The industry is so fast moving. You don't necessarily have time to think about the legacy and all of that. Sometimes you just want to get the next bag. You know, there's people who do drastic things for YouTube. Desperation. Yeah, we've seen that. Crying on Instagram. Crying on Instagram. My relationship's broken. Everyone's breaking up now on on YouTube. You know, I'm chopping my hair off. I'm doing this. I'm... I, I don't know. I'm using I'm using kitchen utensils to put makeup on. Why don't they I'm jumping to, out of windows? Why don't they just That's speak all for to, shock value. Yeah. Why don't they do a few more? What they should do is influencers should do once in a while just do a meet and greet with your consumers, which are normally like working people, and just and learn I, from no, your consumers. I think the smart ones are doing it. Someone like so just, Patricia Bright yeah. strikes me as a type of person who knew that this would become a business mm-hmm. quite early on, mm-hmm. and didn't sit back and wait for it to happen for her. Mm-hmm. Sort of made moves for it to roll over mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I think she's the type of person who I see as having meet and greets I'm in boots right now who, who's around her real diehard fans will meet her wherever do you know Virgil's really good at that right all and this all this meet up stuff get, you get the you get the inspiration you get the and the vibes and that's why she's never hmm. her past like 30-40 videos have never been below 200,000 views yeah. because she's putting out content that people want to see mm. she looks like someone who actually listens to what her people want to hear mm-hmm. and she looks like someone who's not ashamed not afraid mm-hmm. to meet up with her her followers and mm-hmm. if the follower says I didn't like that video mm-hmm. I thought that video was doo-doo mm-hmm. she won't take that on the chin fully because 500,000 people did watch it mm-hmm. but she won't let the haters drown out the good comments and she won't let the extremely good comments drown out the middleman. Mm-hmm. what you want to do is you want to create good content for the middle market Mm-hmm. You want to have that passive consumer who's willing to f- catch up with you. You know, I'm not a big YouTuber person. You know, like my brother, he's always on YouTube. He I'm, barely watches I'm a, TV. I'm a great He watches everything person, on YouTube, yeah. but he's also a passerby. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. he'll pass by in a few videos here and there. You want those people who are willing to pass by in your video and give it a few time of day to hit, help you get that view. Mm-hmm. Even if I watch your video for 30 seconds, I might count as a view. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you're able to monetize that and go along. So I think that's where it's, it is. And I think the final point I want to make for that in terms of like, being authentic and listening to your client is that you can really, it's not enough for a brand to buy your way in. You need to, as a brand and an influencer, be contributing to the culture. Right. You can't just decide that you woke up today and you want to be a sneakerhead right. on Instagram because right. it's, it's cool to be a sneakerhead, right? Hashtag Instagood. Okay. <laughs> it's, more than that it's not just about being on the sidelines and paying someone to make your brand look good and it's not just about being an outsider and buying into the culture for the sake of making money out of it i think you need to have an end goal and if you're really authentically influencing the community and you're really having the collaborations that are creative that are mutually beneficial and that are not just about financial transactions 
it's the influencer marketing ecosystem can, can actually continue to grow. If everyone's just in it for the money, I'm telling you, when it crashes and burns, that'll be another episode in itself. Right. And it's coming, you know. It's coming. It's coming. I think, I think we've, hit, we've, hit, we've, we've hit our... Showed key. you that it's coming. Yeah. Because people are willing to take a bag for any old, any old idea. Yeah. You haven't even read the, the details of the event. Mm. And you're signing up to go on a boat and take a picture about this great festival that's coming up. And when it all goes to hit, you want to distance your brand from it. Don't distance your brand after the fact. Make sure you've done the work before you get into the partnership. Mm. Or else you won't be around like those heritage brands that were there before. You'll be the reason why this brand ain't around no more. Mm -hmm. Which happens, which which has actually been happening a bit recently. It has. I think people are sort of, they're buying into the endorsed product more than they're buying into why they're doing it. No Mm -hmm. one's actually starting with why, everyone's starting with when shall I do it and for how much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So any other questions you got? I think that's we, we we hit the nail on the head, mate. I think there's 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 um room for a conversation. Maybe we should get someone in. If you're an influencer and you're perturbed by this conversation and you feel like we're not reflecting a side of the game that you think we should, you know, we would love for you to be a guest and maybe put your point across mm-hmm. about what we're missing. Because from the outside looking in, from us that are on the teams behind the scenes. We don't see how this makes, for me, financial sense or from Clade's perspective, marketing sense. We don't see how yeah. we can carry on this way. This is not, a, we, if you want to be a going concern, this is not the way. If you want to be a legacy brand yeah. that's here in 30 years, I don't see yeah. how yeah. buying likes and buying interactions is going to help. It's going to help you kid, to even make sales because yeah. we don't even know if yeah. they're making sales. Because the kids know. The kids are not buying into your brand for a reason, you know. So, you know, think about it. Look at the brands that are working. Virgil, etc. Why is it working? What is he doing differently? And don't copy what he's doing. Do your thing. Yeah. You know? And um And I think as well, at the end of the day, the marketers and the influencers, they know that the audience themselves have shown a disregard for, for, for loyalty. What they're doing. Yeah. For so what therefore doing. it doesn't it doesn't matter if so and so said they weren't gonna wear Nike and turned around and wore Nike because the picture was lit. I liked it. Mm. And to be honest, I actually want those next. <laughs> so th- at the end of the day, the brands out there, they're thinking we're not going to waste too much time on trying to be too nitpicky. It's more be doing trial and error to do what's best for your brand does make sense in a way mm-hmm. because it shows you that you can always test. And we're in this digital era right now where you can test. If you can't test now, when can you? Mm-hmm. you do you know what I mean? So you need to work with a few people to understand that. The mm-hmm. influencer, if people are throwing money at them to make a product, or to sell a product or to feature a product, why not? Right. I see that as it is. And if you are truly adding value to your community and people are following you and they're giving you good feedback and stuff like that, do you. At the end of the day, I think you might as well get the bag while you can. At the end of the day, right? Because you're not going to stand around and have 50,000 followers and not get paid for it. Just, getting to 50,000 followers is not easy, which is one of the reasons why brands are willing to piggy bank off these influencers. You know, we might stand here and say, oh, it's not marketing, it's not strategy to do so, but they managed to get to that place that a lot of people want to be. And so if you want to have access to this this place, pay me. I get that. And even when you're communicating with the clients, I just came up with this idea. I don't know if this makes sense, but like communi- the way they communicate with influencers is this is our brand. This is what we're doing. We'll pay you X amount and that's it. And I think it needs to be more like give, give, like Gary Vee says, you give, and then you invite them to an event, da, 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 you see how it goes, and then you push back on, well, you've been to a couple of our events, I think you get a sense of our brand, 
would you like to collaborate with us? Mm -hmm. You know, rather than this sort of direct approach of you have 10,000 followers, I want your followers, mm -hmm. how much is it going to cost? Like, you know, there's no self-worth. Um, and Tupac, no Tupac talked about this in 1992, right? This, where we are now, mm -hmm. we're back here again, where it's like he spoke in his first interview, he said, it's all about gimme, 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 push, push, push. And it's like we've remixed that to give, give, push, like Gary Vee says. Mm -hmm. But I think we're getting into that gimme, gimme, push, push, push phase where it's like no self-worth, we're just anything for the coin. But yeah. we're really on this Bitcoin thing. So what does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. This has been Things We Thought We Knew, episode eight on influencer marketing and the power of perceived influence. Catch us in two weeks again when we'll be back with another fresh episode. And hopefully we won't be arguing before the episode actually starts recording. Clade, what are you wearing? I'm wearing a pink bomber jacket from Primark. I'm ashamed because I tried to say that I'm not buying fast fashion anymore, but that's another episode coming up. I'm also wearing a, oh, I'm wearing a, a like peachy long sleeve top. I didn't really get the memo on the weather. I never know if it's going to be warm or cold around here. High-waisted jeans and some Nike sock darts because I just want to be comfortable. <laughs> and I'm telling you, when I brought these sock darts home, my family were like, you wearing the Balenciagas? I'm like, the what? The you know I don't like the Balenciagas. They're like, no, it looks like the Balenciagas. I, and then I get on the on the Bakerloo line and a guy gets on with Balenciagas and sits next to me and we both just look at each other. Like, who who who's inspiring who at this point? You know, who's taken from who? So, right. yeah, the sock darts are right now, it's my go-to shoe just right. because it's so comfortable and I have to walk so far in the mornings for work that I just want to keep it relaxed. What are you wearing, Tim? Oh, I'm wearing my guy, David Beckham's collab with H&M, mm -hmm. um, Inside Outside Tea, um, sorry, sweatshirt. And I'm wearing some teal chinos that I don't know where I got them from, but it's definitely High Street. Because um, if anyone knows, one of the ways you can, um, what's the word, hack, is you get your colours from High Street. You don't need to buy luxury when you're doing colours. Like, no one cares about your mustard Louis Vuitton tea. Mm -hmm. I should have said brand X a, a B, but I love Louis Vuitton, so it's okay, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, and um, I'm just wearing some Montclair mid high tops that okay. I got aged, so they're like a couple years old, like a fine wine. Okay, yeah, like a fine wine, the Montclairs. Right. All right, catch us next time on things we thought we knew.